Welcome to Folk Tales, a podcast series for anyone who loves spending time on, in or by the water. I'm Dominic Zamet, Director at Boat Folk, and throughout this series I'll be speaking with guests from our coastal communities to hear their stories and to learn what life on the water means to them. I hope you enjoy listening. Has the crossing of the Atlantic, has that been a dream of yours for a long time or is it something that just came up as an opportunity? Yeah, well, I've, I've always wanted to do it actually and I never ever thought that I would have chance to actually. And I was really fortunate because originally, you know, Mark has done it before on his own boat, but when he was invited by these friends to, you know, help them, there was a, a fourth person who wasn't me that was going to do it. And then subsequently she got bumped off and I got invited on. So um, yeah, I was really yeah, fortunate to be make up, you know, the fourth, fourth person that, that did it. So um, yeah. We're <laughs> <laughs> still talking to one another. That's a good thing. Absolutely. That is definitely a testament to a good relationship there. Well, that's, that's, that's another important point about being at sea for that length of time. You're worried about uh, not just your partner, but everybody else that's on the boat. Yeah, there's I mean, not we much. we were on the yeah. boat for five weeks, so yeah. actually we got on with Nick and Vicky very well. We, we did. I mean, there is, as you know yourself, B, there's no no privacy, is there, at all? And Not at all, no. Yeah, yeah you, you get, you know, sort of a warps and all experience. And um, we weren't able to have showers going across, which is another part of the story. So you can imagine, obviously, being in a confined environment of people and it was very hot. But... Yes, we, we had the uh, the bucket out every now and then, but yeah, same sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a strip wash in the basin, I think, for us. Well, we had a we had an issue with the water maker on the way down to the eight birdies in that the the product water from the water maker went into the water filling pipe, which happened to join into the tank at the bottom. And the, when you were healed over, the, the weight of the whole tank water caused so much back pressure the water maker couldn't make water. Oh no. No one, someone didn't think that well, one. We had to disconnect the product water line and run it through the hatch to the water filler pipe on deck, so we could only make water when it wasn't too rough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, otherwise that's your entire freshwater system contaminated. This isn't that's not so good. Exactly. We we had a lot of bottled water as an emergency, didn't we? On you know in the saloon, yeah. we didn't have to dip into that really, which was good. Did you manage to get that fixed in Cape Verde, so you had the the capability going across, or was it at, oh, okay? <laughs> oh dear, no. The water was at a premium. Yeah, rationed very much so. Yeah, more so once we because um, we could run the water maker, but the difficulty came when we left the Cape Verde. There would be generator started playing up so we tried all sorts of things to fix the generator in our two-week crossing but um, uh, we never found really what the problem was did you have much in the way of solar yeah i think we found that that was our our biggest if we ran the generator the generator was tied to the water maker so without the generator we couldn't have the water maker Oh, right, okay. So that's the big for any period of time and then just cut out. It would overheat and cut out. Oh, dear. So that could have been a really, really big issue. Uh, you couldn't run it at all. But, yeah. I mean, there's a huge difference now in, I don't know, how many how many crossings have you done? Three. And have they all been on some reasonably sized boats or fairly small boats? Or? Well, my, my first and second crossing were on um, Westerly 33. Okay. That's, that's a fairly small-sized boat for crossing the Atlantic. That is a small-sized boat. I, 
Personally, I wouldn't suggest people do it unless they're about that. The motion is much, much more in a smaller boat. Yeah, I'm glad of that, yeah. Because you, you hear tales of people going across them in Contessa 26s have got a good reputation for ocean crossing boats, but you hear people going across in small, that sort of size and smaller. Um, I hadn't really thought about the, the motion of the, the boat and how they would take the seas. That's a very good point. It's much more, so it's more tiring. And more wear, I guess, as well. Yeah. Um, and, and longer at sea, so that's and all that. The is that you can't put your cup of tea down and expect it to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Whereas with multi you can. <laughs> yes. Yeah, your dinner tonic doesn't fall over. We had mo- most most of our meals were basically sort of dumped on the floor of the cockpit, weren't they? On a towel. That was our kind of um, tablecloth. And we just used to sort of help ourselves out of kind of these big bowls. And yeah, it was quite, it was yeah. quite interesting. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I do. I remember the day that we changed tack, the wind had changed slightly. And Suddenly, I didn't have to. We were actually sailing on attack rather than dead down wind, and I didn't actually have to worry about things falling off of the, the galley's side for a whole day rather than <laughs> having to do the washing up whilst the foot was in the air, trying to stop everything that I put on the, the drying rail falling off onto the floor and impaling the children because apparently a knife into the children's foot isn't really a done thing. They were ever so good, actually, bless them, but yeah. But uh, so just thinking, so we made a comment earlier, Mark, about the, the AAS, which is very valid. And there's, there's technologies come on in leaps and bounds over the years. And obviously, the, the bigger the boat, usually the, the greater amount of technology there is um, on the boat. But do you think there is actually um, a huge difference between what we have experienced going across in last, in last Christmas or last winter? to what seafarers in earlier times with less technology on board maybe would have experienced. Because in my mind, there's still the same sort of expanse of ocean, no matter how much technology you've got to connect you, you've still got those feelings of being out in the middle of the the ocean, pushing a a starlit night. Yeah, I mean, the first time I crossed was in 2000. And... Yeah, we had a Garmin GPS set that we turned on once a day to get our position and see how badly we match the sextant reading. If we were able to do that that day. But at the end of the day, what we said was we need to really do is head west. <laughs> Follow the setting sun. And it was only when we got within you know, a day or two um, Barbados that we started getting really twitchy and making sure we were very careful and so I think with the technology today on the one hand people are much more relaxed because mm. you can look at any time and exactly where you are you're not watching once or twice a day sort of thing so that's more relaxing I think there is a danger of relying on technology yeah complacency because it is it's it's technology, and technology is not infallible. You, you need to have alternative ideas. Yeah, well, I mean, as you found as well, that you know, there was a possibility of not being able to make water because the generator wasn't running, and having that back up there would have been at least a, a bit of a, a relief, knowing that you weren't going to get horribly dehydrated and yeah. survive the trip. Uh, it's important. Yeah. 
And how did it feel for both of you? I mean, this, well, you know, the first trip across, being out of sight of land for such a long time. That didn't face me at all. I mean, I've, I've done enough passages. I've been outside of land for a few days, not not for as long as two weeks before, but um, I, I'm never bothered about not being able to see land. I like the feeling of freedom. I like the feeling of sort of being in, in tune um, with nature, with the ocean. And you, you don't have the distraction of land, I suppose. It's just sort of, you know, you and the elements, uh, I guess, which sounds like a bit of a cliche. But um, yeah, I suppose my big takeaway from it was just how how much the boat becomes a sort of part of you almost really and you just become very attuned to how the boat feels how the boat's behaving and whether she's happy or not and if you look after the boat she'll look after you and so I, I wasn't worried about the not being able to see land no so did you sort of have that feeling of relief when you sighted Grenada or was it we, we were sort of were at one point going to head into Barbados and um, and pick up fuel because we'd run out of wind basically and mm. um, there was a bit of a concern obviously with a four-year-old and a seven-year-old on board mm. we wanted to get them in but us adults we're all sort of like you know we don't really want to go ashore we I think we've got a new thing if we had enough food we probably would have carried on sailing for another yeah. couple of weeks was that um, sort of a similar thing or yeah well, I think I think for me it was a bit mixed I was I was really excited um to see Cape Verde really excited to get to Cape Verde just the basics of having a you know full night's sleep and a shower but Part of me, I was just loving the sailing so much, I would have quite happily just sort of carried on. You know, we ha- we did have enough. We'd run out of fresh food, but we had a lot of cans on board. Probably could have gone back back all the same way, actually, without worrying about, you know, food at all, really. So, yeah. Yeah. Was there anything you craved when you were crossing? Um, yeah, I think fresh fruit, more fresh fruit would have been nice, actually. I think, you know, canned fruit's okay, but um, I think, yeah, the, maybe the fresh fruit... But no, we, we had, some, had some nice fresh fish instead, didn't we? So we caught a few fish along the way. And um, yeah, that was that was quite special. Did you manage to get anything really, was it a big fish or was it fairly sort of manageable size? No, we uh, bought two packs of small deliberately because we would attract the smaller fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Lois got taken actually, didn't they? We, oh, really? we all of them. So there were some really big ones out there that we, could, we couldn't, we had no chance of landing. Yeah, I have heard some stories actually that I sort of like, I hadn't really thought about before we left and then people made some comments about, you know, you know the fish in the Atlantic, they're not mackerel sized in fact. That's a very good point. You know, we've yeah. got nowhere to store a humongous tube. No, you haven't. No, that's the problem. Yeah, and it's you don't want to waste anything. You want to just catch, catch what you need and eat, eat what yeah. you need. You don't want to waste anything. So yeah. I've been across the Atlantic before. We used to put the lure out. What we learned was to put the lure out before sunrise, and you could catch a tuna. Put it out just before sunset, and you would catch a dorado. And the biggest Dorado I caught was just over five foot. The same for the same for the tuna. They're just magic. Yeah, it's not much space for that on a thirty-three foot yacht, is there? No. And when by the time four of you have been eating it for three days, you don't want it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It was probably just as well that we didn't actually catch anything in the end. Not necessarily for lack of trying, but the only thing we managed to catch was an almighty bundle of weed. So. Yeah, there was quite a lot of weed when we were going across the places, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. didn't expect yeah. that. Yeah. No, there was there was islands of it. So, I mean, did you see much in the way of wildlife? 
Not not a huge amount. I mean, we saw yeah, we saw some dolphins. There were quite a few flying fish about. Saw yeah. a few birds. Yeah, not not as much as I had imagined there would be actually. Um, I think some other boats saw whales, didn't they? They saw whales on the way down to the Lake Verdes. One boat hit a whale, or was it something else? It's some other debris in the water they hit, I think, wasn't it? One catamaran hit something, they don't know what it was. Yeah. And uh, it bent and seriously damaged one rudder. Oh, they had to get the rudder taken out in the Cape Verdes and they had to straighten it and have it repaired and then put back in. But I made a job. I must have, I'm with you, Liz. I, I, was, I was expecting to see probably a bit more sea life. Um, was quite surprised by the amount of bird life there was, even in the middle of the Atlantic. Yeah, that that was quite amazing, actually. Yeah, I'm quite fascinating. Yeah, yeah, you see these lying around. That was yeah, pretty cool, really. Yeah. When I came back across the Atlantic, being further north, I don't know whether, why it should make a difference, but there was more sea life and wildlife. Okay. So we saw humpback whales. Killer whales and dolphins and all sorts, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was between Bermuda and the Azores, so it's quite a bit further north. Yeah. I wonder if it's got anything to do with some tidal streams or, or currents or um, the water temperature at all, maybe, being a bit cooler up there. Uh, yeah. I mean, did I notice it being much cooler? Not really. When crossing across to the Azores, we still only ever wore shorts. It was, it was nice and warm. Mm. <laughs> uh, I think that's the, the great thing for me was being on watch at night and just wearing shorts and a t-shirt and yeah, just having all the stars, just being you know on your own, listening to music and just enjoying the experience. Really, it's yeah, never forget it. Yeah, the, the first time, first like coming up on deck and seeing the, the whole sort of array of stars, and there was no real moon, and that was quite special. It, it got lighter. We had more moon as we went across, and that I was actually quite sort of like, oh, but I want the stars back. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. really special. Yeah, it is. Lots of shooting stars that you're not even looking for. Yeah. And there's air all the time, aren't they? It's, yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah, no, that 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 is something that will stick with me forever. And getting soaked on the full deck sticks with you. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, would you? Well, what was the highlight of your crossing? Yeah, I think, I think, I think the night sailing was a big, a big deal for me. Actually, we had, we ha- actually, we had a moon going down to Cape Verde, which, which was lovely. It was lovely having the moon. You could see the sails really well at night and everything. And you just that did moon. help. Yeah, that helped quite a lot. We didn't have a moon going across to Grenada t- towards the end. It was starting to come back. So that was that was pretty of a highlight for me. Yeah, I just got really excited when we saw land because you think, well. You know, Cape Verde's. It was dark when we approached, but you could see the sort of shape of the, you know, the mountains, um, just the silhouettes of them really early hours of the morning. And it was, it just feels really foreign. You know, you think oh, I've never been here before, and we're making landfall in this sort of foreign country, and um, that was pretty exciting. Um, the same with Grenada. I've never been to the Caribbean before, and um, it's just such a cool place that, yeah, I'd love to spend a bit more time there. Really, you know, friendly people, great atmosphere, beautiful country. So yeah. How long did you get to stay in, in the Caribbean in the end? Um, we had the best part of a week in the end because we did such a quick crossing. We, uh, yeah, we 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 did treat ourselves to a hotel actually for the last three. Weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, our friends Nick and Vicky were probably quite glad to have a little bit of um, their privacy back on the boat as well and see 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 the back of us. Although we'd all gone really well, 
but yeah, it was it was time to kind of go ashore and um, yeah, a little bit of a you know a bit a bit of downtime before we had to fly back to the winter really. So um, yeah, that that was quite good. I bet it was a bit of a shock to the system stepping off the plane when you got back from Grenada into uh, yeah, it UK. was um, particularly cold actually. <laughs> it was a real cold snap at the start of December, wasn't it? So yeah, that was a, that was a shock. I wasn't here at this time of December, so <laughs> I was still in the warm at that point. I know you can't go back later than us, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So great, great experience. I'd I'd recommend it to anybody. I was going to say that was one of that was going to be my my ending question, the million dollar question. Would you do it again? Yes, but not in the ark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think the ark works very well for a lot of people. You get that support, and um, you get that sort of organisation. It's a bit of impetus, I think, for some people to make the crossing. Um, but as Mark said earlier, there are a lot of people that informally get together because. Are so many people on the same schedule really going the same way and you can just kind of before you meet up with people choose your time of departure you're not kind of geared to a particular timeline and a start line and that can be quite sort of freeing really having said that we made we made some great friends on the art met some fantastic people um it was lovely to be yeah. a part of something like that as well so mm. there are positives about being in the arc yeah so it's, it's definitely um a, a good good experience to do it with the art but as, as you say Mark you know, there are so many people going across um, around the same time did you speak to many other boats that weren't part of the arc on on the crossing at all not the crossing but um, once we got into Grenada uh, we met several people off of boats that weren't in the arc yeah you know the number of people crossing don't tend to go to St Lucia or Grenada because the arc are in <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> The other islands. <laughs> <laughs> the art takeover. Yeah. She's stopped in Barbados because Barbados is a lovely island and you've just sailed right past it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and to go and visit it afterwards is about a 20 mile to windward. So. <laughs> I was waving at my cousin who, who lives in Barbados to the venue from the boat and was like, hi, Matt. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Hi. So yeah, so the next time you'll be doing, would it be panicky? You'll be expecting or hoping to do it on? Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. yeah. Some, at some point in the future, we, yeah, we, we plan to do that. Okay, so no, no definite conflict plans at the moment. We, we don't know when quite yet, do we? But um, yeah, sometime. What advice would you give to anyone thinking of crossing, whether or not on, on their own boat or on as somebody else as, as you did? You know, what, what advice have you got for them? I'd, I'd say just go for it, actually, you know. That's what I'd, I'd say do it. Yeah, yeah, do it. There's lots of reasons not to do it, I guess, and you can talk yourself out of it very easily. And actually part of me, although I've done a lot of sailing in my life, part of me thought, can I actually really do this? Because I'd read all the books, read about all these people doing these amazing ocean crossings and thought, I'm never going to do anything like that. And then, you know, you discover things about yourself and how, you know, resilient you can be and, and you know, how you can sort of dig deep perhaps when you are feeling a bit kind of tired and, uncomfortable and sort of fed up it's you just have to sort of embrace the experience really i think and yeah just do it yeah some people ask me how you cope with the physicality of it but my answer to them is that crossing the atlantic whilst it is a bit physical i think the most important thing is your state of mind because you know i think we jived three times maybe four times Mm -hmm. in the two weeks and yeah, okay, we had to do sail uh, adjustments and stuff like that, but there wasn't an awful lot to do, really. And, and psychologically, some people get upset when they're outside of land for a long period of time. Yeah. And, and, and so it is about having a, 
relaxed state of mind and confidence in the boat and yeah. your crew, yeah. etc. That, mm. that I think is more important. And did you, as a crew, did you have a, partic- a particular time during the day that you would get everybody together? Because obviously when you're on watches, you're kind of almost passing like ships in the night, to excuse the pun, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you don't always see that much of the the other crew. Did you have a time every day where you just all gathered together to sort of catch up and, and just have a bit of a chat and socialise? One good thing about being crew, not skipper, is that you don't have to make decisions. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very relaxing. <laughs> decision that he would have watches at night only, not during the day. During the day, it would be relaxed and don't have a kit when they want to or stay up. So during the day, we mingled time, really. Yeah. But mm. it was just at night that we were on watches. I mean, typically we were sort of eating, you know, we had an evening meal together, didn't we? And when that was all cleared away, that was when the even the night watch used to start. So that was, I suppose that was our main kind of social time. Although, as Mark said, we were mingling and lunch as well, mingling during the day, really. During the day, people didn't typically want to sleep all at the same time because obviously that wouldn't have worked. You know, we would have had to have a watch system. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it kind of, it was fine, actually. It was, was fine the way that it, it sort of ran. Yeah, I think we do a similar thing. So uh, Sam's, I, I've never done it where we've not been on a watch pattern all the way through. Uh, yeah. Sort of a long distance trip. I've never done the Atlantic before. but So it took a while to get used to that. But yeah, I think because we had the children on board, then yeah. it kind of had to be, because mum and dad had to be available for the kids. And although I was helping with them, you know, sometimes it was something that only mum or only dad could deal with. So I definitely got more well-versed dealing with a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. I'll do that across the trip, though. <laughs> Hopefully it's not put you off. <laughs> no, they're great kids, to be honest. They're, they're, they're lovely kids. So um, yeah. a bit of an honour, really, to sort of uh, share that experience with them. But, yeah. Well, it sounds like it was a very, very positive one for, for you as well, the, um, you know, Atlantic crossing. Yes. Yeah. And again, and likewise, I think I would uh, very much love to do do another crossing. And uh, again, I'd like to do it on my own trip, uh, on my own trip, on my own boat. I think it was a nice way to sort of learn what could and couldn't happen and sort of take some notes and get the experience under your belt. Yeah, it's a good way to, if you're not sure about doing it yourself on your own boat, go you know, as a crew with something you know first and it, it, mm. I think it helps to give you the confidence that mm. it's possible, etc. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, guys, I've, I've taken up more than enough of your time this evening. So thank you so much for joining me and sharing your experiences. Hopefully we can inspire some more people to jump on a boat and take a, a sail across the pond. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Really enjoyed having the chance to uh, bend your own listen to our, our story. So thank you. So it's always good to relive the experiences, isn't it? Lovely. Well, enjoy the rest of your evening and I'll catch up with you soon, no doubt. And uh, to all our listeners, then... Uh, Catch up soon and good night. Yeah, good night. Thank you very much. Good night. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 I hope you enjoyed this episode of Folk Tales and join us for the next episode soon. 